Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time on and our hobby dollars, and it leads to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast, is to talk with my guests about the games that we've been playing and enjoying, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people that create these games. Now, guys, I'm very excited about this episode because today's episode is a little bit of all three reasons of why Cast Ice exists. We're going to talk about a game that I'm very excited to play and that these fine gentlemen have been playing, Jealous, we're also going to be talking about an industry event because the Kickstarter just went live. And we're going to talk to the fellas who are making this game. And we get to talk to one of my all-time favorite gaming artists, hands down. Now, for those of you who've listened to this cast for a long time, you know I am an old, old tragic Warhammer 40k player from way back when. And while I haven't played in recent years... I have to say, I think my favorite edition, and I've said this time and time again, is possibly 40K 3rd Edition. I know everyone likes to talk about 2nd Edition and Rogue Trader and all of that, and yes, I love those too, but 3rd Edition was my jam, and it also happened to be about the same time that I worked for Workshop, so I have very romantic uh, memories of that time period. And if you look back at Warhammer 40,000 3rd Edition in Almost every book, at least every book that were my favorites, if you go through Imperial Guard, you go through Space Wolves, Dark Eldar, Space Marines, book after book after book, one man's art is all over it. And he is one of my favorite 40K artists. Now, I am beyond excited that he's on my show. John Wigley, welcome to Cast Dice, man. Oh, thank you for <laughs> introduction. Thank you very much. I'm I was, a bit. <laughs> I was literally just looking at the uh, the the imperial priest with repent carved in his forehead, and I yeah. remember as a young man thinking, "God, who even thinks of that?" And now I'm talking to him. Yeah, yeah, it was all me. <laughs> yeah, my biro period. <laughs> exactly right. Well, you yeah. of course are one part of the team that yes. is bringing us a very exciting new game. Now, backing that up, we have the gaming powerhouse, the gentleman who has been on many times before, my brother from another mother, Andy Hobday. Welcome back to Cast Dice. Hey, hey, how are you? Mate, it is always a pleasure to have you on. I know Baron's War has been doing well, and you guys have been kicking goals with other games, but man, I'm excited for Coven, and we are going to talk shop in just a sec, but we can't go past the man behind the fluff in this game. Chris Bone, first time to cast dice. Excited to have you on. You're, I already tell you, I like your sense of humor. We're going to have a good time, right, brother? Yes, we are. How do you do? I am fantastic. Now, let's let's talk Coven, because you guys have been dripping pictures and tidbits, mm. pictures of gameplay, and just little snippets all around the internet for what seems like an eternity, but I know that's only because of COVID lockdowns. It's been, what, a year and a half? A year in the making? Andy, how long have you been working on this? Because it's been a while. 
it, it's been yeah it's been a lot longer than a year and a half uh i can feel john's eyes boring into me uh, i think it's nearer near, near three years john is that about right since we first talked about yeah this? And, uh, yeah and 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 the rest <laughs> yeah it's it's been a, it's been a it's been a very long project when did we get As, the first idea it was when you did it in tobo wasn't it when you started doing those witches and we'd both been watching uh salem oh, and we well, thought, no well well it, started it started with uh samurai that's how it started uh, <laughs> yeah andy andy wanted me to do some artwork for his for uh some samurai artwork and uh i showed him showed him some witches instead <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah and the rest is history <laughs> now, yeah I, I, I never did get to do any samurai now this <laughs> is if i if i get the chain of the story correct now coven is Look, I could do a long-winded Brad version of the the elevator speech of this, but Andy, I know you've got something up your sleeve, being the consummate professional that you are. What? Give us the short version of what Coven is. Right. Yeah, I, I can talk from a gaming point of view uh, because my my major uh, involvement in this is the rules. Uh, like you say, Chris, Chris and John, it's their fluff. So I think Chris is better to introduce it. Chris, hit us. Give yeah. us the uh, the. Get, what yeah. is the game? What are we looking forward to? And then let's talk about where it came from. Yeah, I mean it's um it's pretty much about um sort of uh, you know warfare between uh, witches or we we call them the Vedma, uh, based in sort of Slavic um, mythology. So if you're looking at films like um, you know the Brothers Grimm, anything from that sort of Van Helsing, that kind of dark uh, forests, really horrible looking witches. And, um, and then the inspiration really comes from, uh, from John's uh, awesome illustrations, because he has a, a very twisted mind when it comes to creating um, these uh, unbelievably ghastly looking uh, creatures. I mean, you haven't seen half of what he's done. It's, uh, it's amazing. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's that kind of, uh, yeah, that the big forest, you know, the that Eastern European, uh, you know, myth mythos, if you like, that's uh, that's so, what it's based on. So we're digging into like the tales from <laughs> the Slavic and Eastern European Russian legends, um, with a little bit of a little Transylvania thrown in for good measure. Um, yeah, pretty much. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about dark griblies that are coming through the forests and uh, the the Vedma or the witches that are summoning them or creating them and how they're interacting. Uh, now, clearly there's going to be competition between these witches and that's where the game lies. But eventually there's hopes that we are going to possibly expand the world, but we'll get to that in a minute. But if we look back, we are talking specifically about a game whose idea came from John drawing some pictures for Ang Inktober in art competition and then showing them to Andy and this blossoming into a whole new game. John, why witches in uh, Inktober? What I mean clearly you were the, the this the spark that lit this fire. Where did that start? Where did that come from? Um it's, it's just a, a general interest in uh you know, it just seemed a good idea at the time really, but it's general interest in sort of dark uh, mythology and you know, and I, I always always love uh, Slavic mythology and I, 
it's, it's, it's something it's something that's uh, I don't I don't think it's been really touched upon too much in games. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much that comes from Slavic mythology that we we see in it's kind of everyday horror fiction, and but it's never it's never it's never get seems to get put into that Slavic background either. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now. How did that go? I mean, Andy, clearly Chris became involved mm. and got into the history uh, and the, the backing <clears throat> for this. But what was the step that went from <laughs> illustration to game? Yeah, the, the, the hook for me was, as John rightly says, he, uh, he, I, I went to ask him to draw me some samurai. And uh, we talked about that because we've got, I've got a, a real interest in that period. But he... And he literally was just pulling, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And he was pulling out all these drawings that he had been doing. And it was like one after the other, one after the other. And he was talking about them. So he was saying, you know, about the Slavic background. But it was more about this idea for a game where there's there's no good guys. No no one is good. So as you as you're building your force, even even the locals aren't good. You know, they've been there and they've been tormented for so long by this darkness in the forest that uh, it's kind of colored them as well. And they they want to survive by any way possible. So taking taking those, those ideas and those thoughts, we obviously translated it into a game. And by having it as uh, the Vedmir as a leader, and as you said, Brad, being able to uh, introduce uh, creatures they've summoned, creatures they've created, creatures they've bound, all of a sudden it makes the whole uh, warband very interesting because uh, you can begin to pick and choose whatever you want to put into it. And uh, as Chris rightly said earlier, from John's imagination, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of different things you can pick and choose to put into that warband, both big and big and tall, uh, big and small, sorry. So all of a sudden, even though I have a, a warband which is led by Vedmer and you have a warband by Vedmer and same for Chris and John, all of a sudden they're all different. So the only thing that starts, uh, uh, which is this, we share, is this idea that the leader is a Vedmer. It's this witch who uh, has these, uh, the ability to turn the forest as a weapon and to create all of these great things. But past that, you are pretty free to put into your wall, into your wallband what you want. Now that's making my imagination go into overdrive. Having oh, just mental, watched yeah. just having just watched Sleepy Hollow just the other day, and having the witch in the in the woods, and you know all the supernatural creepiness going on. Um, I, I'm getting the feeling that this is going to be an expansive miniature range, or at least one <laughs> rife for conversion possibilities. Totally. I, it's quite interesting because uh, we've already been asked about this. Should Do we have to use these miniatures? Is it miniature agnostic? And all of that kind of thing. Uh, for me, obviously, uh, I'm sure we'll talk, touch on it, but the, the Vedmir are a, a group of uh, all-powerful witches. Like That's where the coven comes from, the idea that they're a coven. And they're vying for power. They're not really trying to kill each other. They're trying to beat them or humiliate them and take their territory and that is that is uh, indicated in the game and they they want to dominate the other the other vedmir that's the idea uh so 
they they will be named. They will have certain powers. You know, you would choose your Vedmir, and you could play with different ones and and however you want to do it. Uh, what they summon and the creatures that they bring, as as John rightly says, they they are drawn from Slavic mythology. So. If if you understand or have some knowledge of that, then you will you will recognise these creatures. And obviously, we will. The, the plan is to cover them all in a in the book, so you understand what they are and the, and the powers that they have and what they do in the game is all drawn from that. But it's not. Uh, I was going to say we're not being slavish to it. You know, uh, it it it's a starting point for our fantasy. That's fair to say, isn't it, Chris John? That it's a dark yeah, fantasy yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, we've not we've not set it how we in any particular um, historical period as such. It's what we call mm. um, it's not Kronos. It's uh, what they call Kairos, isn't it? So it's it, it, there are frames of reference which will be familiar to people mm-hmm. in the design, um, certainly of you know, or the 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 human. Uh, which are involved the villagers and the, and the uh, the troops, but it's it's this kind of you know like I say that kind of Grimm's uh, you know fantasy world that you see on movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that that vibe. Yeah. If you want a good example, uh, there's a film uh, myself and John I think uh, uh, I've seen called uh, it's pronounced V I Y. It's a Ukrainian film. It came out in 2014. I think it went by the name Forgotten Kingdoms. Uh, it's got Charles Dance in it. Uh, worth a watch. That's the vibe, you know. It's pretty mm. grim, and that gives that whole thing about the the villagers and the, and what they're like, sort of thing. So have a look at that. Yeah, that was that was literally my next question. I was going to pass to you and say there is an element of historical. I don't want to say accuracy here, but, but you know, it is set within a context. But you know, being especially being uh, from America, being from New England, being from the area of the country that held the Salem witch trials, um, it's very much baked into the identity of the location of where I come from. And you know, we always sort of think back of the old world of Europe. Brad, funny enough, though, um, that, that that TV show Salem was a big yeah. inspiration. Well, that's where we, because, yeah, we... Some, some of the witch, some of the witches in in Salem are absolutely. Outstanding. So the ones in the woods mm-hmm. are incredible. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, 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 it was that that got me drawing, actually, drawing them. Oh, fantastic. Well, it was because it was originally going to be kind of set, wasn't it? Uh, but then you had the idea of taking it over to the that medieval sort of grim fairy tale well, no, I mean, background. I did, I did, I did sort of uh, ponder the idea of doing kind of Cub and New World at some point. Mm, now, I, ooh, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not that I wasn't excited before, well, but I mean, yeah, that that could still happen. That could still happen. Um, uh, I think it'd be quite, be, I think it'd be quite a fun thing to do, really, because there's a lot of a lot of mythology in uh, North America. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's jump back to the old world for a second. But as as yeah. I think about, you know, just as that American romantic notion of what the old world is it it would Mm. be hard even if you did put a day on it because it is not in major cities not it may be the 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 more quote-unquote civilized end of society we're talking about being away from lots of people in the woods we are talking about tradition we're talking about there being a rich history here and you might have many different eras of clothing and technology as far as agriculture and you know how living accommodation 
all in one place. So the the blending of a time would make sense for this, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's kind of um, it's a blend, isn't it, of uh, anything from you know the era of like Polish winged hussars to mm-hmm. Lithuanian Tatars. I think a lot of the um, the visuals. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John. Were uh, um, you know were the inspiration on some of the, the you know the whole uh, you know big mustaches and forelocks. Yeah, it's, it's like kind of Slavic Cossack. Yeah, yeah. Cossacks. Yeah. Do you say, Chris? Yeah, it's that kind of vibe. Um, so yeah, you know, you've got you know crude flintlocks, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing, sabers. Yeah, it's that that kind of vibe. Now, Cannon. how how do you go about creating this world? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, it, it was really, um, you know, it's certainly heavily influenced by you know how John depicted uh, stuff. So it, so it was creating a a picture in my mind, um, and it's um, yeah, it's it's. It's trying to get that sort of uh, the look of uh, you know the, like Grimm's fairy tales. Um, you know what what kind of weapons would be used against these Vedmir? You know, is it um, you know they're going to be mostly equipped with um, you know the, the tools of the of the villagers? You know, the the blacksmith, the hunter, that sort of thing. So, is that what would people in a forest um, be able to do? What would they? How would they survive? What would their their places of yeah you know, where they live what would they look like and and that kind of evolved from that didn't it really john i suppose yeah yeah definitely um yeah. also also uh you know the effect that it has on them mm-hmm. that was that was a, a major thing as well you know because uh if you take a typical uh band led by vedmir and all the griblies and they'll be tacking uh villages you know and these villages have been there for hundreds of years uh, they they've become hardened to it, you know. They they they're not. They're, it's it's become something that is quite. Yeah, uh, they're not, they're not uh, victims. They're, they're not victims. They're not scared of it, you know. Uh, they they you know there'll be some terror involved, and and we've kind of re- tried to replicate that into the game, but they've they've sharpened their skills against them. They're as hard as nails. Okay. Yeah, and um, I think also. An influence certainly for me in my head was um, there's a, a trilogy of books by an authoress called Catherine Arden called the Winter Night Trilogy, um, worth a read. Um, and that kind of sort of like uh, gives you examples of the, you know, the, the spirits that they would have um, worshipped. A bit like the Romans had their um, spirits of the home. You get spirits of the, the yard, the field, you know, the forest, all that sort of thing, which they make offerings to. It's a very pagan uh, tradition. Um, and then we call them uh, Chirti, you know, these these sort of spirits, um, which we you know we're going to be using those um, in the uh, in the game. So they're kind of can be harnessed, um, you know, primarily for the the villagers, but they could also be um, you know uh, used for the uh, you know for the Vedma. So it's um, it's it's kind of that um, very tradition, you know, Slavic tradition um, of of, uh, of the. Slavic mythology. Now, I do want to get into, we've mentioned it, I believe Andy talked about it before, where you have the name of the game itself, Coven, has to do with a group of witches. In that case, there is a coven of 13 witches or a council, and they're all sort of vying for the the throne of power within that. And they are all trying to be the crone mother. But there aren't just 13 crone 
in general. There are lesser crone that maybe aren't on the council, lesser yeah. Vedma, and then constant um, struggle to get onto the council, stay on the council, and then get to the top of it. It's a very slippery slope with lots of dangers along the way. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, we've, there's, there's not just those, uh, you know, the ones, the, the, the 12 plus the, the crone mother. There's lots of aspirant uh, witches, lots of acolytes who want to jostle up, get up the uh, the ladder to uh, become a force to be reckoned with. Um, and and uh, we were saying, you know, in gaming terms, that allows you to, you know, create your own um, conversions and miniatures, you know, pop on a tentacle here or two heads here, and you can make your own um, Vedma. So there's no, um, you know, there's no limitation of just having those 12. Um, they just seem, to, they're the ones that are in, control at the moment but uh, who knows you know it all uh, all bets are off exactly right absolutely yeah, yeah and and sorry sorry brad and there'll be there's rules in place for you to uh to create those vedma as well so you you know uh you'll be able to build your vedma to control your to control your actual band of of griblies so uh you can either play with one uh, using one of the the named characters, which we would we would encourage you to do to start with, and then after a period of time, if you want to you want to go rogue and and try and uh, challenge for a seat on the council, you mm -hmm. can create your own Vedma. That's cool. Now, this is a game for those who are curious about these things. We do like to talk about the gameplay and the mechanics of things. In this game, it is not an alternating activation system. It is my favorite kind of system, which is pulling like a chit or a order dice out of a bag. So you never know quite what's coming up. And it really helps to uh, give you that, you know, those cinematic moments. But with that, we are talking about a skirmish size game. We have the Vedma or the Witch or the Crone, who is sort of the leader of the war band that you are playing on the tabletop. And then with that, they will usually have between 15 and 25. Now, having spoken to you guys, I know that if you are playing with a Vedma, you're probably going towards the lower end of the model count, towards 15. And if you are getting into uh, the Villagers or other expansions that might come later, then you're bumping up more towards the 25. So you do have enough models on the board to feel like maybe you're playing a proper game. You know, sometimes it feels like when you have three or four models on the board, it, it can get a little rules deep to give them all some character. I like this size because it gives you an option to have that depth of a little bit more zoomed in, but also it's not so deep that you get lost in tiny little cards with lots of print. Talk to us about the, the game size for this, the board size, model size, Andy. I know this is a passion of yours. Talk to us a little bit more about how Coven works. Yeah, of course. Uh, the uh, usual table will be three by three. Mm -hmm. So we want it to be tight. We want the action to uh, start pretty sharpish. Uh, so the idea is that the uh, that two warbands will meet. They've, they've already decided to have this fight over this territory. So they're all there and they, they, they're ready. So there's none, you know, there's none of this oh, spend hours maneuvering around. Mm -hmm. you're, you're straight in the action is the idea. Uh, the idea with the game is as well, you fight over objectives. So these objectives we've called sway markers. And this is what the Vedmir are looking for. These sway markers uh, are power points, uh, either ancient or they could be new. 
and uh, the idea, uh, they're trying to collect them. So in a in a in a, a one-off game, you would fight over them, and capturing those objectives would give you uh, certain points and determine who the winner is. In a uh, campaign game, you would save those sway markers. You would collect them. Uh, you'd add them to your roster, and then when we play another game, you actually offer up the sway markers as your they're they're, they're your uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're, they're your offer to your opponent. Mm. And if you lose the game and you lose the sway market, they capture them and take them. So uh, it's that, that's your ante. That's what you're, what, you're, what you're playing for. In the game, uh, the sway markers can uh, buff or hinder uh, different creatures or different characters that's standing on them. So you may want to offer up your best sway marker because it's going to give you your best buffs. But obviously, you may lose it. You might want to stick one in that your opponent doesn't know is going to hinder them, that kind of thing. So there's some tactics around that. So the idea of them is that if you see a table in play, you'll know that it's a coven table because of the way it looks. And uh, we've been we've been creating these sway markers uh, for the for the for the Kickstarter. So that's how it is. So then uh, you you rock up with your with your force. Your Vedmir will be your your major commander. Uh, your leader, they will have more actions than anybody else because obviously they want to be able to use them to summon, uh, to cast spells, to order their creatures around. Some of them are, uh, are, are sentient, so they can act on their own. Some of them are, are not autonomous, so uh, the Vedmir may have to give them a poke and tell mm -hmm. them what to do. Uh, some of your Vedmir are quite fighty. You know, some of them are like warrior Vedmir, you know, they will get in there and they'll mix it up hand to hand. Some of them aren't. Some of them are more defensive and they'll use the the forest. And because you can control the terrain as well, they'll 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 use the, the force that they have at their disposal. And then the reason why we're saying it's quite a, a number, there's some really big creatures. It, the, the game is dictated by the size base that your monster is on. So a Vedmir is on a 40, 40 mil round. These will go up bigger and bigger. You know, the bigger monsters will have bigger bases and determined by the size of the base indicates how fearsome they are as well. Oh. So they, there's a kind of uh, control uh, mechanism. So you, you you may have some like a lumbering bulk that uh, is, is one of the bigger creatures. You can, you know, pick men up and throw them around. But uh, it, it, it may not do what your red meal wants it to do at the mm -hmm. time. It may go off on its own. However, having a bulk with its, its, it's quite fearsome and you can put it in somewhere on the table, it can control the area around with, with lesser creatures and, and it kind of gives you that feel of, of uh, why you, you know, what the different creatures do. Otherwise, everything's kind of the same, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And then it's all based on the stats. So you... Uh, we're trying to get this idea that uh, things cause fear. And as you play also in the game, in the, the morale function works. Uh, and, and as John, I, I keep calling it a fearometer, which is John's <laughs> favorite, favorite word. Well, it will be called something else, but in game terms, we're calling it a fearometer. And uh, it, for play testing. What, so, sorry? I said it should stay like that. So it stays a ferometer. Yeah, now. yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> each each side, uh, you, you, as things certain things happen in the game, you cause fear to your opponent. And you know, traditionally, Vedmir and their scary creatures aren't scared in the same way that we are. 
but they they have a real fear of losing. You know, they don't want to lose their power. They don't want to lose their their standing on the council. So you know, it, it's about them bugging out if it gets a bit scary. Mm -hmm. And during the game, you can control either do certain things or you can control your opponent's ferrometer to try and get them to go. You can dial yours back in the combat. Uh, so it's there's a lot there's a there's a hell of a lot going on on the table at the same time, and you need to be thinking ahead on what on what's going to happen. And even even the best laid plan, as we as you indicated earlier, can come unstuck because uh, you are drawing actions uh, to play. The good thing is the action you draw is your action. You don't you know it's not uh, you, you both have the same kind of. Uh, markers and tokens in the bag mm -hmm. so uh you you draw it however like uh very much like test of honor or mortal gods you you're not sure what action you're going to draw so you may get an action that can control your vedmir or some of the bigger creatures or you may get an action that controls some of your lesser creatures so you you know you may not get what you want at the moment but for your opponent, you're not always on the receiving end. You can also react to what your opponent's doing. So you can burn your actions at the same time. However, you know, you're, if we're playing and I'm forcing you to react all the time, you're eating through your actions and I'm controlling your, your, your nasties. So that's really how, how the game kind of plays out. Yeah, it's, it's that, that great strategy of, forcing your opponent to not be proactive by being defensive. And in that process, they're not able to achieve what they want. Sure. They'll be able to take a hit better, but they won't be able to yeah. get to the objectives. And then that that's a tactic in and of itself. It, there's a real gamble in there as well, especially when you're playing the Vedmir, because uh, you could, you, you know, you're paying points for some creatures that may not start on the board. So also, when do you summon them? If it, if you you summon a creature and then you don't use action, you don't have enough actions to control it. Can start running a mock, as well. So it's it is exactly that. You you are gambling all the time with it, and that's the idea is that that's what the Vedma are like. They're mm -hmm. they're playing one big gamble all the time when they're fighting. Love it, love it. Well, John, we haven't spoken to you in a while and Andy I have a million questions about the Kickstarter but I do want to talk a little bit about the inspirational drawings now I know that you did the original pictures for this for Ink Inktober but which was you know is just uh it's not an art competition so much as it's one of those um they set it up and people draw they get a, a it's, it's, it's just a bit of fun it's, yeah, a, it's, exactly. it's a fun it's a fun thing to do for a month yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's to give people inspiration to try some different. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I got a few friends that yeah. do it. Uh, I'm always blown mm. away at what people, mm. you know, pull out of the bag for that, mainly because it takes me forever to paint anything, a toy soldier or not. And then just to see somebody <laughs> be able to smash through something in a day is out outrageous. But <laughs> to see the drawings that you did for that and then to see what you've been putting out. For Coven since then, mm. I mean, clearly you've refined your image in your mind of what this universe looks like. Um, and we did talk a little bit about the inspiration for that. But can you talk about some of the some of the favorite things you've created as far as artistically and or some of the directions you've gone that you think have maybe shaped the direction this game has gone? I've been working on this. Um, it'll be four years come. Uh, June, mm. but I think I think the first year's output 
it's not going to get used. It's it's because it, because it changed it changed so much. The ideas behind a game changed so much. As yeah, I've got I mean I've got a I've got a pile of artwork like that, mm-hmm. which which isn't going to get used. You know, which you know, I've decided that you know it's changed. I mean, and it, and, that, and that's 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 an ongoing process as well. I mean, we we're discussing to uh, Andy and the rest of the guys that you know that there's a few late changes on the Vedmer I want to do. Um, you know, they're they're happy. They're happy with what I've done, but I'm not. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get changed. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's additional work for me, but I don't, I don't care. I just, I just, just want to be able to do the best I can, really. Yeah. And if if I, if I think I could do something uh, a little bit better, then I'll try and do it. Really. And uh, but yeah, whole whole thing's been like that. Yeah, you know, over the last last nearly four years, it's yeah, you know, it's been been a been an ongoing process of change and you know, hopefully creating better better things along the way. Yeah. And mate, I have to say, those pictures are downright creepy. In a, in the best possible way, like it, thank you. Are, well, I'll tell you how cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it is amazing yeah. just to look at the pictures that uh, that I've been seeing through the footsore pages uh, over the last couple of years. I'm t- totally honest with you, Brad. It's been the most fun project I've ever worked on. And uh, you know, I've, I worked on some great stuff, especially at Games Workshop. You know, mm-hmm. things like Mordheim. Mordheim is brilliant work. Yeah, so good, but, right? Um, this, this 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 has been by far the best thing. This is this is. I think for most artists, I mean, this is kind of their kind of dream project because I've been my own art director on it. So I've not really had anyone behind me saying, uh, John, we need this, John, we need that. Can you do that? Or sending stuff in and then getting it sent back because they want, you know, some spurious changes to it. None of that's happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a way, yeah, I can be quite hard on myself, which I think is probably a good thing. Mm Uh, so yeah, yeah, I've rejected lots of my own work, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think I could do something better. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all been good. It's all been such such a good project to work on. Yeah, and that's I think that's the amazing thing. Like just thinking back in preparing for this episode, I pulled out my old Mordheim book and was flipping through, looking at your art, and that was a book that had amazing art throughout it, but. Just looking at that and then thinking about what you were, what we've seen you do already, I think one of the biggest selling points for me for this game, beyond the game itself, which I'm really excited about, is that I get another awesome book of your art, which I'm really excited about because, again, it really does put the universe in context and then adding to the the work that Chris is doing about fleshing that out and giving you the story with mm. it and the rules that Andy's it's done. He's done some great stuff for that. Yeah, it, it's going to bring it all together, which I'm I'm really I mean, excited it's, about. I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure on me because I'm yeah I'm literally the only artist. I mean, if you don't like my artwork, then you are kind of screwed really because <laughs> it, it's only my artwork. <laughs> That's all there is. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, what can I say? It's been it's been absolutely privilege to work on really yeah well as i said i'm a big fan so still loads to do for it still loads to do and we we still we've got so many ideas for the future as well how how we're going to flesh out the world of the of coven and how we're going to bring in new factions and stuff and it's there's a lot of a lot of fun things 
a lot of fun things have come. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up factions because I have a question for Chris. In Coven, now clearly we've talked about different Vedma having different play styles, but how thematically does that play out in the world of Coven? How does the story differentiate between the different kinds of witches? Um, well, certainly in, in my mind, it was the, um, you know, the various Vedma are um attuned to the you know the the elements if you like you've got air earth um fire wind so some of them might have more propensity to use um uh beasts or magic which is uh, uh attuned to that particular element you know we've got the uh, you know the the five stars of the uh, you know that you have uh for um you know for the old pentagram sort of thing mm -hmm. which is composed of those elements um, and you've got, um, you know, so you might have a particular Vedma who is um, uh, the ones that sort of whiz around on the uh, in the air, the the the, the twins of the, uh, the 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 the, um, the the northern gale and the eastern gale. You know, they're going to use like flocks of murderous crows. They're going to bring down, uh, you know, the elements of lightning. They're going to cause blizzards, that sort of thing. And then you'll probably have, um, you've got, um, you know, there's one that sort of like dwells in the swamp, and that. That came from sort of the geographic of that, this idea of this big marsh at the uh, the mouth of the river, so that geographically you have this sort of like um, really sort of like dreary looking swamp, you know, with all these sort of like twisted trees and things like that. And um, and then one of the webma there, you know, she's kind of like um, anything that sort of like floats down, she'll pull together and create these um, almost like a Frankenstein monster, you know, as her to do her bidding. So that was that was one of the uh, original ideas, and that's um, you know she would use a particular type of magic for that. You'd have others which are more like um, use necromancy, so they'll be um, you know sniffing out graveyards and uh, raising up the dead, um, uh, or they they might be using what they, what they would refer to as upir, you know, which is kind of like um, uh, you know a zombie or blood sucking vampire. Um, and John's done some great pictures of these, which are the kind of like uh, I'm assuming you're still using those ones that float through the um, almost like float through the air these horrible looking zombie things that he's uh, that he's done um so yeah there's different um different aspects of different vedma um some might pull on the power of the uh the sprites and the things that live actually in sort of like stagnant old mill ponds or rivers you know you've got um things like the vodyanoi and the rusalka which uh, feature heavily in slavic mythology um and these you know these are specifically water spirits so um Certainly on the tabletop, um, you know those that will, you know, probably play into the the actual um, the scenery in the background that you're actually using in the game. So yeah, lots of different dif different aspects, different strengths, um, which can play off one against the other. You know, brilliant. So, um, and that actually begs to my next question, which I'm going to throw to Andy. Clearly, magic is a big part of this game, and you you talked about spell casting, you talked about summoning, and clearly, you know, Chris has just talked about the different aspects of magic that different crones will be using. How much Vedma magic does it play into direct gameplay? You know, there are some games that are super reliant on spells going off in order for anything to happen on the tabletop. Or is this, is there sort of assumed that some things, as far as like creature movement, you can, you know, issue almost like an order test and say, it's their will that's making them go. How, how much does magic factor into the mechanics of the game? Um, and how does it play out on the tabletop? Yeah, that, 
Good question. Uh, it is done in many ways. Uh, there's obviously straight offensive magic. So, you know, we're obviously casting fire and all of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff and ice and uh, needle attacks, which is quite a, you know, which uh, more like needles from the trees, which is pretty horrific. So just straight, straight, uh, you know, nasty attacks. They can use defense. They can summon mist to hide their movements, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but also they can summon, they can use uh, summon creatures. But the way we've done it is that they, you pay the points to include uh, any summonings that you want to do within your force. So it doesn't unbalance it. However, you know, if you want to, the, uh, there's an option that you can pay less, but it makes them more unstable. So again, you can risk it. So there's some magic there. Uh, all the magic is controlled by actions. Everything's controlled by actions. So it allows us to do anything. So uh, depending on an action that you want to do, an action could be a cast, an action could be a dispel, an action could be a summon, an action could be control. Uh, so you, you, your venom is pretty, it, it's pretty flexible, you know, in what you can do. But, you know, bearing in mind, though, these actions are also like move, you know, defend, mm -hmm. attack, you know. So if you're burning up all your actions with spells, your Vedmas are going to be pretty limited on what they can do. I did mention the miniatures for this earlier. What sort of, for those of you who have not actually checked out the Kickstarter, and I recommend that you do, Coven, C-O-V-E-N, go to Kickstarter, check it out, Footsore Miniatures. Andy, what sort of pledge levels are we talking here? What does it take to get into Coven? How can people be excited about this? Yeah, the, the the major focus about this is, uh, as John has said, you know, we've been been working on this for some time now, and uh, what we want to bring to Kickstarter is a, a beautiful rulebook, uh, full of full of artwork, uh, John's artwork, full of great rules, and to be pretty comprehensive. So that that's the the major focus of the Kickstarter. But obviously, you need miniatures to play games, right? So uh, the kicks that we, we we're aiming to use the Kickstarter for what I believe they're for, which is to generate funds to create miniatures. So we've uh, six of the six of the Vedmir are already in sculpted, so we can show people exactly the level of detail, what we're looking for, all based on John's concept work. And then we're going to use that. We have a whole list of things that we would like to release. A whole. Uh, I was going to say menu there, but it's not really a menu. Smorgasbord of creatures and monsters, etc., uh, which are all going to be stretch goals. So the better, the better that the uh, Kickstarter does, the more it will allow us to release. Brilliant. However, the good thing is, you know, uh, to play the game, obviously we'd actively encourage you to use all of the creatures that we're going to create. Mm. But it's not, you know, if you if you want to use other miniatures, that's fine too. Now, if you were going to go from John's beautiful drawings to the actual tabletop with a miniature, that is no small undertaking. How did that process go from, from the illustration or the illustrated picture to the actual miniature on the tabletop? Can you talk to us about that process? Because I know lots of people do it different ways, and I'm always impressed yeah. with the quality of the models you guys do. Yeah, this was, this was the hardest. It was, it was easy because obviously we've got John. Yeah. So having John to create concept work and his, uh, his art is just so beautiful that it's pretty clear what he's trying to create. You know, you can go to sculptors and say, make that. 
And it's like, yes, okay. And then also coupled with that, where it becomes easy is if you have questions, you've got a direct line to John mm -hmm. and John can just talk to them and explain it and, and, you know, give his take on the miniature. So creating the miniatures in that sense uh, has been a dream really. Uh, however, finding, <laughs> finding miniature sculptors uh, that we're happy to, uh, to work with on the project and and the directions we want to go has been a lot harder and uh we've struggled slightly with this uh not that there isn't lots and lots of sculptors out there and there are which is great but a lot of them are very busy mm -hmm. or uh they they need to uh capture what we're trying to create so that's been quite tricky uh for the vedmir we've been quite lucky and we've worked with matt bickley Mm -hmm. And Matt, Matt has traditionally sculpted those figures. And again, having him in contact with John while he was uh, creating those has, has been, you know, it has made the process of creation, you know, a, 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 an easy one to create. Uh, however, you know, we'd like to do more digital things as well. So a lot of the, the terrain we've done, the sway marker, we've, we've also got a bulk done. Those have all been created digitally. And uh, going forwards, we'd like to do more, more digital bits and pieces as well. Brilliant. Now, when you say digital, you're digitally sculpting them. You're not going to be uh, releasing STLs. Uh, ooh, I'd never say never. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely release STLs, I think, for the train. Yeah. Uh, because I think people like to print, you know, by the time, uh, uh, as, as we found with the Baron's War, by the time you've created a village, and you've had it sculpted and then you go and print it to the level that you want it to be so for me it was all resin printing you may as well have just you know yeah. <laughs> release the files because because it, it it i think there's, there's this misconception that as soon as you own an stl file it doesn't cost anything after that you know because you own the file but it, mm -hmm. the reality is we all know it does you know mm -hmm. there's the printer costs the re the, the resin costs etc etc so you know some of the pieces we've created, like there's a, there's a, uh, one of the sway markers is this tree that we've done and it, it's, you know, you can't, it, it's, I don't know, it's nearly, uh, I don't know, 30 centimeters tall, 35 centimeters tall. And it's on a hundred mil base oh. and it needs to be that big, you know, yeah. it, it's because of the nature of it in the game. If we were creating that and selling it to people, it would be, you know, on the scale that we'd want to do, it would have to be expensive. So the plan yeah. will be, if we hit uh, some some decent stretch goals, we'll give the sway marker files away, because Brilliant. you need them for the game. Yeah. So, exactly. and then and then people can go and get them printed. Well, you know, and if push comes to show, a twelve-inch tall yeah, tree is no nothing to you know, and a hundred millimeter base yeah. is is massive. It's, it's big yeah yeah and yeah. luckily what we've done is we've we've done it and it's been done so it's hollowed out so it uses about 70 mil of of resin so it's 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 doable and we've done it in a way that uh is 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 affordable for people but reality is people want to print it themselves i yeah. think you know a lot of these people so and if you don't you haven't got a printer and you want to create sway markers you know there's rules for that they're 100 100 you know mil base you know a cd virtually you stick stuff on away you go so uh that's our current thinking and going forwards i think we do more stuff digitally would we make the files available digitally i think we would at some point it's not i'm kind of like free basing at the moment we've not really talked about it yeah. but why wouldn't we 
why wouldn't we this day and age? Exactly, right? It is, uh, who would have thought a couple of years ago that we would be in this space? But here we are, and yeah. I have uh, more than a couple of resin-printed models over my shoulder. So, you know, there, there we go. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the only caveat for me on it, and, you know, I don't want to disappear down this rabbit hole of talking about 3D printing over uh -huh. buying yeah, models. I was going to say, it's a, I a, step in something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I, I, I'm pretty pro for both. I think they're both great. Mm -hmm. uh, great asset to the hobby. However, we love what we're creating for Coven and mm -hmm. the quality of the miniatures and needs to reflect John's artwork. We have no control of that if we're just giving people files. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that And that's the difference. I want people to to take a Vedmir or, or a Bulk or any of the other characters that we create and they open it up and they look at it and go, wow, you know, and we can't, we can't control that unless we sell, send the product out. That's right. And the product you guys send out has always been great. I mean, from for all the games that you've put out, and I've, I've been watching some friends paint the Baron's War thing, the miniatures, mm. and my God. Ooh, there's some great detail in there. Um, and I, I'm i not a painting knights kind of guy. Uh, mm. I did Bretonians once, and I, I vowed never to do it again. Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah. man, this game catches me right in the feels and i am absolutely going to be getting some vedma and just oh can't wait to play some coven the kickstarter runs to the end of the month and it is now live so you can go to kickstarter right now and check it out when are people hoping when are you hoping to get people books and i know that's kind of how long is a piece of string post covid <laughs> Uh, given production and shipping and all the other yeah. issues in the universe but um, what is your general plan? Because I know you have one. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, if, if it's successful, like I, I fully believe it's going to be, uh, and it ends around where we want it to do, then the idea will be is we will get books into people's hands, uh, start shipping them at the end of November. Brilliant. So that's the plan. Uh, we're working with uh, the fantastic Dave Taylor from mm -hmm. Dave Taylor Miniatures, and he's doing all the layout of the book for us. And these are the pages that you're seeing already, both on uh, social media, but also on the Kickstarter, which Dave has created as mock-ups. We're pretty, you know, pleased with what he's doing. So I don't think there's going to be lots of mega changes. And again, having having John uh, on tap, uh, is he pulling a face? I can't see. But having John on, on tap to, to do more and more artwork for us, you know, we can, we can get uh, the book looking exactly how we want it to look uh you know as a collective which really helps uh but you know there is always that and, and I, i'm not putting a downer on this because we're pretty pumped we want to get it out there uh it's all of like you say everything that's going on you know paper prices paper uh issues of with getting this stuff uh if there is any issue we will obviously keep everybody uh informed and we'll gather date and we'll hit it uh as we always have well, that's the thing. I mean, you're also working with Dave Taylor, who we know we've yeah. we've spoken to him many times on this show, and he's done many Kickstarters. I have his Armies, Legions, and Hordes on my shelf behind me, plus the Terrain book and many of his other uh, books that he's put out in the past. Huge fan of his work, and the more he's done Kickstarters and helped people do their Kickstarters, the more he's learned, yeah. and the man knows more about Kickstarters or has forgotten more about Kickstarters <laughs> than most people have ever learned. So. 
if if there's someone who knows what they're doing, that's the man. And you guys make the great game. Of course, as you say, you've got John behind it and then Dave helping you with layout. Man, I'm, I can't be more excited about this. But more than that, Andy, maybe you can talk more about this. Just from what I've read, and, I, and I've been following the posts as you've been doing this, and I'm very excited for this. I get the feeling that this is more than just a one-shot Kickstarter that you're throwing out to the universe, and that's that. This is the beginning of something exciting, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, for me, you, you know, you use Kickstarter for, for what it, it says on the tin. It's Kickstarter project. Mm -hmm. And we're taking Coven to Kickstarter to see people's appetite for it. So we're, you know, we, we're focusing on the rule book because you need the rules to play the game. We're going to start with the, the key creatures, which are the Vedmir, the witches, and we have a whole list of things that we'd like to do. However, this, is, this really is the start of something, this, this dark fantasy uh, universe. I, I don't know if universe is the right setting, dark fantasy setting that we really want to expand on. Uh, and we're, 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 we're bringing it with Futsal as a, a way to bring it, but it's, this really isn't a Futsal project. This is a, a project of four friends. And if, it, if Coven takes off, as we, we believe it's going to, uh, as John alluded to earlier, you know, we have many factions we want to bring. Uh, John's imagination is in overdrive already on uh, further factions we could go. We, we're not even releasing my favorite faction yet for this. So uh, getting, getting the backers in there, getting the taste for it, delivering a great uh, project this time around will hopefully allow us to explore the Coven universe further. Oh, man, I can't wait to dig into more of this and having you back to talk about where Coven's going in, you know, 12 months time. And when you can tell me about that, you know, favorite faction and we'd love, I've we'd actually love to come back, played yeah. some games and actually then get to pick your brain about uh, game mechanics and all the rest. Guys, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I know uh, scheduling so many schedules uh, at one time is dicey on a good day and this isn't our first run at this uh so guys thank you so much for making the time to come on i'm so excited that coven is finally hitting the kickstarter i've been loving the posts over the years and clearly this is a project of love you guys have been putting all the hard yards in it just it feels great i can't wait to get my grubby paws on the book and play some games thank you again Andy, as always, you know I love your work. Thank you for making the time, brother. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having us. Anytime, man. Yeah. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brad. And John, please don't stop. I love your work. Can't wait to see a uh, book of it. <laughs> cheers, Brad. <laughs> thank you. No worries. And guys, thank you very much. I have had many requests over the years to cover Coven. Um, and my response has always been, it's, I, it's not out yet. I can't, I can't actually cover it. And so it has been wonderful, both for me as the hobbyist, but also as the host of the show to get to the people who have asked me to cover this, to actually talk about it. It's awesome. And I can't wait to do more of it. Um, guys, again, go to Kickstarter. Uh, it is Coven, C-O-V-E-N. You can find out lots more information about it by going directly to the Kickstarter right this second. Pause the show. Go check it out. Or heck, you can listen to me waffle while that's happening. 
As I said, this has been a hotly requested episode over the years, just by request numbers. For those of you who would like me to talk to different game designers or cover a particular favorite game of yours, I know that sometimes um, people message and it gets me, my head turned in a particular direction long enough for me to go, oh yeah, let's do that. Uh, Please go to the Cast Dice Facebook page, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E. Shoot me a message. You're guaranteed a response. My name is Brad. Hi, you'll hear from me. Uh, Just remember, I am in Australia and uh, I do sleep occasionally. Once or twice, maybe a week. We'll see. Anyway, I'm a little tired as the voice goes. Uh, Guys, as our buddy Casey always says, when you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold. But more than that, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night. Go!